scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And I'm Michael Bill. And this is a special bonus episode of Open Shutters. This is our one-year anniversary top ten, ten, top ten, <laughs> top ten countdown. We're going to count down the top ten episodes of the past year based on the amount of downloads. Based so the best, the best of our first year on air, <laughs> and it's based on on our records at Anchor, exactly. the easiest way to make a podcast. Um, anyway, um, Philip, can you really believe we made it to one year? We did it by hook or by crook. We I made mean, it. does it not? Seem, it seems like just yesterday we started. It does, but there's been a lot that's happening well, here. Well, there's been too. a lot that's happening, and we had you know some guests and everything. We we interviewed Frank Perez. We've had, we hospital stint. We've had hospital stints. <laughs> we had hospital stints. Hurricanes. Hurricane Ida. Hurricane Ida got and we went, and This was all happening during the pandemic. So I, I, we made it. I can't believe we did it, but we made it. And we're all still, we're all still right. kicking in the lot. What, uh, what, uh, what is it you like the most about our podcast? And have you listened to any of the old episodes? I... Oh, I've listened to many of the episodes. <laughs> Maybe I missed one. I mean, recently, have you listened to any old episodes? I think I even went back and because okay. I went back and listened to most of the ones that ended. In but what I, what I really like overall is, is even from the beginning. I think we just, I think it. We didn't realize how much it brought us closer as friends. And now with Michael Bill on board, he's becoming part of this friend group. And it's more than a podcast. It's like this. It's kind of like we're sitting down. It's like kind of like tea with the dames, you know. But we're just some old queens in New Orleans, okay? Yeah, it's like it's like it's like a gay true crime version of the View. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. And I would definitely be Joy. <laughs> I don't know. You might be Joy. No, actually, I do have the same birthday as Whoopi Goldberg, though. But Whoopi Not Goldberg, Goldberg is like the glue that holds everything together. So that would probably be more you. I do keep y'all on task. I don't want to ask hey, this hey, remember Whoopi's always keeping them on task, and she always makes sure when it's time. Yeah, to she took Barbara Walters. Exactly. Parents. So yeah, that's me. And uh, have you listened to any of the older episodes? Really interesting. I have not. And the reason why is I hate to listen to my own voice. But the one that I did like the most was the hotel one. The um, the that's hotel. your first one. Did you listen to any of them that you weren't in? No, I didn't. I haven't listened to them. Uh, narcissistic bitch. <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah, give him a little. Well, you might. You may want to once you once you once you hear what we got to say. Yeah. Um. So, are we ready to get started? We're ready to get All rolling. Right. And 10? starting it right out at number ten is American Horror Story Hotel and the introduction of Michael <gasps> Bill. Oh, uh, it was season five, episode <laughs> two. It was part of the Checking Into Die series, and it aired originally on October third. 2021. So, yeah. which is really recent, and Michael yeah. actually yeah. has one in the top 10. Yeah. And he's only been with and us two it was, months. It was his first episode. It was him. his first episode. That was long. And his second, really long. his other episode.
episodes rated it really high, but they didn't quite make it to the top ten. But they're definitely in the top twenty. And who knows? Yeah, if you give it a little more time, you don't know where where how far up those might move. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, what what is it about this episode that you remember? I mean, of course, you have. I mean, the biggest part is Michael Bell. We were so excited <laughs> to bring him on board. Yeah, I mean, he 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 was still not sure. He's like, is it is this the right thing? He was glad to be here, but I'm glad that he's become part of it. This is kind of like a podcast family. This is when you had the Black Phillip bag with you. We, oh, was that the next one? I, I think it was the next one. No, this is anyway. this is when I had that clause, the Lady Gaga and Gleb clause. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because Lady Gaga's like, no. What it is is this was the first time. This is this is this is a first on this one that we ever covered an entire season of a TV show. We've done movies, we've done true crime <laughs> cases, but I was almost tempted to make this episode a two-parter. And, and in the future, so we may much. we may do that when we go to cover again, only because it was rather one of the longest. How long episodes. was it? It's uh, let me take a little look. At Four hours. See here. No, it wasn't it's four, not hours. four hours. Are you sure? We it no, like that, no, like no, no, we, we were working on it for four hours because it's got right, time to right. Yeah, because we're not going to meet this challenge till actually this week. This week we have the same challenge on our hands. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, we may. Uh, yeah, I know. What is the but, challenge? Uh, we were doing the dark shadows. Dark shadows. So we have oh, the same challenges. We're doing a show that has twelve thousand episodes that spawned three movies. Spawned a reboot, a failed reboot. Which fail? Which one was the failed reboot? The one in the 2004. 90s? Okay, I, I see. Well, we'll let Barry make that decision uh, later this week. I didn't see one back <laughs> in the 90s. So I don't know. It was it was almost two hours long. It was one hour, fifty nine minutes, and fifty two seconds, which is actually really one of our longest episodes. So at number ten, American mm-hmm. Horror Story. And Emmy. Hotel and the introduction of Michael Bill. All right, what well, we have at number nine, Phil? Coming in at number nine, we have Casey Anthony, the worst oh. mother of the century. Oh, that was, yeah, just, that was season three, episode seven. It was part of the Mama Mia series, and it originally aired on May 21st, 2021. Oh, what, mm-hmm. you remember? What, you, yo, God, that one kind of disturbed me. I, that whole that, that whole month disturbed that, me. But yeah, yeah, because yeah, the murderous moms and everything. And it's funny that more of those didn't make it into the top ten. That's what real. That's what surprised. I'm surprised my mom didn't murder me when I was. I think the Casey Anthony. We also just struggled because we could not. Whereas some of the other times we could say, hey, maybe this was going on psychologically or that was going on. Yeah, because you had mentioned that. You we know? really. There I was remember, no rhyme or reason. That was clear in the episode. I really was frustrated just thinking about it like psychologically, psychically. It was really hard to figure out. Did, did anybody treat a child like that, especially such a small child, only two years old? Yeah, it was just horrifying. I never seen kids, and you really want to that You really want to kill them. And, and it's uh, it is a um, a travesty that this girl got away with it. I think that's another thing. Did she? Yeah, she was uh, yeah. she was acquitted. She got away with it. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, she did. Sure did. I wonder where the hell she is. I wonder if she did. <laughs> <laughs> we did have something else interesting happen around this episode. Do you remember this was the episode with the email in reference to it? Oh yeah, you remember exactly what that email said? It's, it's, oh, he said that we would our our podcast would be sustainable. It. Yeah, it, it was just wow, okay, we're here, we're but it now. wasn't sustainable. Like, Isn't that interesting? We're here and doing we're here a year, and we're still going. I mean, we, we're not showing any signs of slowing down. <laughs> and, you know, uh, one of the things I wanted to say, too, is that I've been listening to 
one of our sister podcasts. And I'm not going to mention them now. I'll give I'll give them a shout out. It's a morbid, a true crime podcast, which is one of my favorites. And they did a case that we covered, uh, the, the three-way kill, William Bonin. And while I was listening to them, I was going like, good Lord, I hope our podcast is as good as they do it because they were just doing it so well. And they did it as a two-parter because there was so much to it. I listened to us and we, I don't know, we give them a run for their money. They've been doing it longer, so they're a little more polished than we are. They got, but, they got their style, we got ours. But yeah, well, you see, yeah, if you ever can tell in the beginning, you could see how I was influenced by them, but you see how we moved into our own. Oh, family. you know, I was going to force that. You know, I'm. Yeah. I moved even to the way we, we start. We don't even do the high, I'm blah, 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 and then the theme music. We just do the theme music first now. And now we have Michael Bell, the original yeah. of all the original. And I have okay. taken, I've taken the creepy lullaby, which we play at the end of every episode now, but I've, I've removed it from the beginning of all the episodes and put on our, our new opening. So I guess we got the last laugh on that guy that sent us the email. Oh, uh, wait until next year. We're going to really have a last laugh on him. Yeah. All righty. Um, well, moving, well, talking about messed up parents, moving in at number eight. Or setting in at number eight is Chris Watts, husband, father, killer. Now this one. That was season two. It was actually episode eight. And it was part of the Love Hurt series. Yeah, It originally aired February 3rd, 2021. Oh, did you see that documentary? I I know I didn't. This man killed his pregnant wife and his two babies. I remember that. And put, put the babies in the oil tank and buried the wife at his workplace. And then he pretended that they went off. Then he tried to say she killed the babies and he killed her in retaliation for killing the babies. But this uh, the, the Netflix documentary that, goes through all of it about how she's saying that, you know, he doesn't love her anymore, she could tell. And it turned out that the reason why he did this is because he he was in love with another woman and he wanted to... Get rid of him. He wanted to get rid of him. And the girl, woman didn't want stepchildren. She wanted her own kids. So that's why he killed the kids. What it was so compelling. Which you don't admit to, but that's the truth. This case, compared to many of the cases we did or the documentaries we looked at, one of the things I remember when we were doing this case that sticks out to me was is all of that own footage of him where he ended up on the camera himself, whether it be police cams or his own, their own, like, like, like allowing certain people to come in and report or whatever. That was what was really damning. It was his own words at times. It was just going back and seeing some of that footage. I mean, well, the footage that was like, wow. The one that disturbed me the most was when the little girl was singing a little song about her dad. Oh, no, that was compelling, but I was saying damning-wise, what was really no, just... No, but I mean, what was chilling and really... With chilling, really, yeah, that was chilling. I had to stop and cry after this. Yeah, I remember this you little child... That. Like, how old was she? But three or four years old, and she's singing about how her daddy's a hero because he helps her tie her shoe and he helps her do this. And she's talking about how much she loves her daddy—the same daddy that's getting ready to kill her. It's crazy. And I just remember the neighbors were all like, at one point, the neighbors started to realize, like, this dude is sketchy. Something is up. <laughs> you know? So it was it, episode-wise. Actually, I think it was one of the. It was probably the first episode where. We really, I mean, I think other episodes we were like, we would do it, we did well. But this one was when we really started looking, examining something, yeah. and looking really at the angles 
of that. And we even had our own, I even noticed that. Well, we, we did it before that pretty much with one of the other episodes that's in the other part. Yeah, but it, this this one really sticks out in my mind about that. Like, yeah, it, well, it sticks out, and, and I think this one, uh, there's a lot of reasons why a lot of these ended up in the top ten. Like for one engine, well, of course Michael had to have one in the top ten. He just started, hey. and and he's got even. I mean, I know it's number ten, but you just started two yeah. months ago. A lot of these episodes have been around for a year. As a matter of fact, the first three, I think. Well, Hotel is a really a good. Year. You know, that was a really good season for American Horror Story as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then they we and then the, the um what's what's the other one we had after that? The, uh, oh, okay. We want to go there? Okay. Well, actually, well, the next one is actually number seven. Was actually uh, drive-ins, theaters, Herschel Gordon Lewis, and the Blood Feast. And that was now, that solo was that was a solo. That was uh, just you. It's there. just me. Season one, episode three, and that was uh, aired on December eighth, twenty twenty. And what I did with that is, is I had an old blog called Barry Marino's Favorite Bad Movies. I wrote back in the like two thousand six, and that was one of them. And I wanted to drop an episode, so I basically read my old blog, <laughs> recorded it, and it was recorded on my phone. Wow. It wasn't even recorded on the, on the laptop or the tablet. It was recorded on my phone. And um, I think may, may, maybe that one made it so high because I think there's a lot, we have a lot of um, our uh, listeners are older. And they probably nostalgic. That, or it's also it's also in the early numbers. Let's be honest. And, well, and also, um, no, it also, was, it, it, I actually have listened to that one. It's really I actually listened to that one a I'll few times, and I was actually quite intrigued by it. It actually has me considering next year there's going to be a series where I'm actually thinking about actually putting that movie Blood Feast in there. Oh yeah, we we gotta do Blood Feast. We gotta do Blood Feast. We're doing it where me, you, so we and can do it with everybody. Oh, everybody can actually, but focusing with Blood Feast is part. Of, so well, we it's made... the very first slasher film. Yeah, right. Yeah. right, right. A, oh, and, and and it was it was done because Herschel Gordon Lewis, who was just he was a carnival barker. He was a carny, and he he decided to get into films, and he was doing what they called the nudie cuties, where people are playing volleyball and their little flabby asses right. and jumping up and down. And then he just he saw he you know he noticed that horror movies were popular and he saw Psycho and he goes, Well we have more than one murder scene, they just have ten times the gore that Alfred Hitchcock put. So he had tongues being pulled out and girls being scalped and the hearts being pulled out and it, the main antagonist ones up getting crushed in the garbage truck. I mean it's, ah. it's as much overkill as you can get. But and the blood is so fake looking today. <laughs> it looks like red paint. Yeah. So we may actually we may actually revisit this just the movie. But the most famous scene from that movie is where that girl gets on top yeah. pulled out. So we so we we are considering that. <laughs> now the whole reason Barry had to do this as a solo was that was the week I had my stint in the psych hospital. Oh yeah. Ah, oh, psycho oh, killer. Oh, that evil place over in Gonzales, Louisiana. So in in homage to you, I did one about a a, a crazy cannibal killer that runs a catering service. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but but my stint in the I, I got to admit though that stint in the hospital is what eventually lended us to us doing the uh, the insane asylum series. Yeah, through March. Yeah. yeah, so and I got to I got to, you know, if you go back and listen to some of those as well, you'll hear uh, me 
really shit on the experience. Oh, I, I got you know when we. I, I was gonna say something, but I'm gonna save it for when we do a blood feast episode because it has to do with the sequel. Was filmed here in Louisiana. The sequel, not not that one. That one's filmed in Miami, but. I'll, we'll talk about that in, in, in another episode. Now, one of the reasons, one of the ones I wanted to uh, touch on is, you know, maybe we could do it at the end and touch on why these certain episodes made it to the top ten. We'll do it right after we, we okay. got one more on the one before we take a break. So right before we take the break, I'll let you go ahead and say okay. it right after. But we have, I want to get number six in. Okay. And six was very interesting. Six is actually not that, that long ago. No. It was right at the end of the summer. It was... Arnie Johnson, The Demon Murder Case. And it was season four, episode seven. It was part of our The Devil Made Me Do It series. And we originally aired on August 26th, 2021. That wasn't one of my favorites for some reason. I had a hard time. You were very reluctant with that doing that series, but then that series, the movies that were under it, the series itself actually. But that particular case, it uh, and you can tell when you listen to it. That I'm pretty much phoning it in. I really do wish we had Michael Bill for that. That would have been really Because really you fun. would tell Michael Bill, you could see I was all about it. And Michael Bill would have brought some perspective on, yeah. on the yeah. paranormal. Well, maybe we'll revisit I brought it. some of the psychic, some of that stuff, what I thought about what was going on. And we are going to eventually, we are considering re, uh, in, the, in the new year revisiting uh, Lorraine. Specifically, yeah. Lorraine, because we will be looking at, uh, hopefully, looking at some point in the new, in the new year in 2022 at at uh, psychics that work with yeah. the paranormal, which um, which will be quite interesting. So now that episode, I know, made it because of the Conjuring. The Conjuring, what is it? The Conjuring Three. Yes, the Devil. The Conjuring, just which was actually out. called yeah, the Devil Maybe Do It, and it was put on HBO Max, and then and it was in theaters. I think I hear rain. I think I'm hearing some intense rain outside. Oh, it's pretty intense coming down. Holy hell. I might even hear it on air. I'm not sure. <laughs> Behind us. Yeah, you might. Well, you know, we hear all kinds of things on podcasts. We're not the only one. We're, we're Ash and Elena drop their phones. And all <laughs> that shit, no. Now, uh, this, yeah, this case is because of the country. Now, the drive-ins probably made it in the top ten. Mainly because it was entertaining, I think. More than anything. Because... Right. Because it was from that blog was really popular. People loved that blog. I also had Mommy Dearest, but, Valley of the Dolls, and Barbara Streisand Stars Born. And now you also bring up an interesting thing. Now, one of the things we had done a brief little stint where we tried to split the podcast, do movies on one side, one the other. And now, though, I brought it all back together. It was just more work. Now we brought it all back together. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to continue this in the new year. Is we're going to take documentaries and movies and everything. That explores all of whatever the topic is. Oh, and by the way, at. I finally got every episode from the movie podcast onto Open Shows. Yes. So we're going to be deleting Open Shows goes to the movies. So if any of you people out there know anybody that listens to that podcast and not this one, tell them to come and switch over and listen. Yeah, because we're going to have plenty of content on on the on the original that still includes. Well, movies we still have all the movies from that 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 podcast. We, yeah. They've been moved to this and uh, but the, which was perfect on a high we were still able to drop But what I do have to mention, even though it was all kind of crazy work, it did help us realize what we really were as a podcast, number one, what we really were good at. So it was okay. I don't, I don't feel bad about that we we split it at once and then we brought it back together because we realized ourselves through that process, you know? Yeah. But one of the crazy things I did realize during that, when we did have them split, 
It was always when we badmouthed movies, the movie did really well. Oh, that people love that because they love. So trust me, we're gonna bring it. we're bringing some bad movies they up love there. Showing, throwing shade. You know, I had originally on that on that blog, I had uh, Whitney Houston bodyguard, but that movie has gotten Whitney Houston has reached such sainthood since she's died. I think they would probably kill me if I trashed her movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, you might. You Nobody might. trashes Marilyn Monroe's movies. So before we go to break, you said there so was something, there was something you wanted to mention. About. Yeah, I just wanted to mention a couple of things like with, with Brotherman. Like I said, with the drive-ins, it was entertaining. Chris Watts, a lot because it was recent, and that HBO documentary was pretty highly yeah. rated. And uh, Casey Anthony was a very, very high-rated case. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a short break and run the commercial and, you know, bathroom stuff, get something to drink, and we're going to come back with the top five. See you in a little while. Be right back. As some of you may remember, and if you do to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I have made afghans, hats, scarves, and much more. And more coming weekly. Great thing is, we sell holiday items all year round, so you don't have to wait till that special time of the year to order what you will like and enjoy. Thanks to our Roz, it's an easy, interactive website to see what has been put on the internet. And after a long wait, finally, we got the Gentilly Lace line of candles live. We have wonderful scents for any household or just for the season. Also, be on the lookout for our Christmas and New Year's holiday candles. And guess what? Our seasonal candles will have something a little special in them. A little out of the ordinary, but we have put charms in the candles. From king cake babies for Bonnie Gras to champagne flutes for New Year's. So look out for our website Barry Marino's Craft Creations.com. That's B A R R Y M A R I N O C R A F T C R E A T I O N S.com. We are back. Hello. Yeah, yes. We all got our drinks and we went to the bathroom and Michael smoked his cigarette and we're all ready. The, the wind blew the tree down on the balcony and he put it. it back up for us. So we're coming back with the top five counting down. Yes. And so here we are. Number five is Gertrude Banachewski and the Brutal Torture of Sylvia Likens. Oh, that, that was a rough one. Yeah, that was a rough one. Season one, episode six, part of the Pure Evil series, and it originally aired on December 31st, 2020. Oh. So that's how we ended 2020. <laughs> oh, so yeah, we ended 2020, or began 2021, with... The murder with the school. Do you know anything about this case? I don't think Sorry. I did. I, I mean, all right, this happened in, in Ohio, huh? Was it Ohio? Was she adopted or something? Or no, like she this woman, Gertrude Rubanichewski, was it was kind of like I guess what some people would call white trash. <laughs> and she had she had seven kids, Jeez. and she was very extremely poor to the point where she had to take in ironing. Uh. to make ends meet and it was before the days of food stamps this was 1965 that's about when they started all that but she the, these two girls whose parents were carnies 
offered to give her twenty dollars a week if they would watch her two daughters. The, the, you know, the, right. the parents if they watch two daughters. And uh, I feel so bad. My brain's bad now. You got me looking because you said Ohio, but I keep thinking it's Indiana. In, I think you're right. I think it is Indiana. But, but I don't trust my brain anymore. And uh, oh no, it was it was Indianapolis, Indiana. It was in Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, that's at least where she died. I mean. So the uh, yeah, well, that's where the murder happened. So the murder did happen in Indianapolis. So anyway, um, the girls got you know you know how mean girls are, and they got in a fight, and one and they they start spreading rumors about each other. So what originally happened is, yeah. is the check was late, so she bent the two girls over, pulled their skirts up, pulled their underwear down in front of everybody, and spanked them, beat them with a spoon. So then the the girls were fighting, like I said, the girls were fighting, and one of them said the other one was a prostitute, blah, blah, blah. So she took took all her rage out on this one girl, Sylvia, the oldest girl, Mm 16-year-old girl. She would beat her. She would pay the kids a nickel to beat her. She would charge them, uh, she would charge 25 cents to watch this girl get tortured. Finally, she beat and tortured to this this girl so bad that she just died. One of those horrifying things is, is is the like thing where guests technically we call it being where the woman like raped her with the coke or had her put the coke bottle up her. Yeah, they raped her with vagina. coke bottles and everything. Jeez. They they sexually abused her so badly that her vagina was swollen shut. They didn't let her go to the Cigarette bathroom. She had to all pee over on the floor. Like I mean, they turned her into an ashtray, literally. I mean, did they get rid of this woman go to jail? So she died and. She she tried to tell them that she went off with a with a a biker, and the bikers beat her up and brought her back, and the police came in. They they weren't buying it because they could tell the girl had just re- that all those wounds were fresh. Oh yeah, the woman did end up in jail. And uh, the girl's sister said, told the police, "Get me out of here, and I'll tell you everything." So her and some of the kids were all arrested and convicted, and um, she wound up. Going to jail, she was. I think she originally got death, didn't she? And then they commuted it to life in prison, and then she got paroled in 1985. Paroled? Yeah, paroled, and was released and stayed out. And she wound up dying of lung cancer because she smoked like a chimney. In um, in 1990, 1990 was it? Yeah, I think it's 1990. I don't have any notes right now. But anyway, one of the daughters who was in on all this. Changed her name and went to work at a school as a, as a school counselor, and worked at that job for twenty years until you know the internet and things started coming up and yeah, cable and, and it's investigation discovery. She got outed and they fired her. I would have too. That's yeah. awful. That's t- this. People I think are animals. I think this was the episode because at least it was at least unlike. I mean, not to say which we'll be talking about one later on, which was we did. That was farther back in time. I think it was this one was when we were looking at a case, we were able to see the really see the images of certain things. We were able to mm-hmm. hear some of the first account. Like so this And we case, actually see photographs of the girl. Yeah. So that really I think this was one and of the And you look at this girl and she's like this real cute girl and she's got this little turned up nose. She kinda looks like Elizabeth Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, saw yeah. her picture. Yeah. And uh, and you don't want anybody doing that to Samantha. Come on, yeah, you know? no. And so um, she, um, this case was 
it was on the uh, investigation discovery show called Deadly Women. Have you ever watched Deadly Women? Yes, I have. I've seen a couple. And of uh, what's ironic is, is we have three cases in this top ten that were on Deadly Women. Yeah. Our number one case, this one, and our number two case. Oh. Which we'll mention in a moment. Which we'll mention in a moment. moment. But our number two case and this woman were on the same episode, yeah. oh. which was called Born Bad. Born yeah. Bad. So, so anyway, yeah. So that one was really disturbing, uh, and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot a lot of res- uh, available resources to research. There were there, there were news articles. There's new there's articles of her being. Uh, being interviewed, there's articles of the girls being interviewed, everything, and that's how, how that that's what makes it. I wonder what the parents. And actually, this this the parents episode. were working. And, I know, but still, but I mean, they didn't know because she would because every time they try to write letters to the parents, she would hold she would throw them away. This or when parents would come, she would hold their parent the, the letters from them it, when the parents would write to. Them. And this episode ended our pure evil series, and it was it was. Intense. It was actually so intense. It was at the level we had to give ourselves a break month right. in January. Where, well, like we, we still a did episodes, but we did. Yeah, we were like a palate cleanser. That's why we did the personal paranormal encounters. Right. January before we hit Love Hurts and February it was like ah. And then Love Hurts got kind of. <laughs> I don't know though, but this one I I this still goes down as one of probably the most disturbing. On the detail, the detail that we had. See, unlike the number one case we're going to talk about, the number one you only have legend. You, it's legend on the detail. No, we don't no. have the real detail like right. that we have for this case. And all the interviews on YouTube and all the news interviews and Gertrude. Herself. So that makes it My so God, much more real. Did you see real. the picture of Gertrude? Oh, oh. Huh? Mm-mm. She Joan Crawford on uh, Joan Crawford on steroids. Really? <laughs> this was this this and looking like she's smoking five packs of menthol a day. Yeah, I mean, just really horrible woman. And I do not I ghastly. Mean, yeah, just ugh. ghastly woman. Well, talking about ghastly things, moving on to number four. What if actually my most I'm going to say probably one of my favorite cases when we look back because of how interesting the local flair of it, everything, and a lot of people don't know about it that much, was Unholy Matrimony. Sam Corey, Jim Giesick, and the senseless uh, murder uh, since, why do I not have to write it? Ah, senseless murder of Patricia Giesick. I forgot to write it. On my, I messed up on my outline, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> I used it pretty good. That's because Barry was throwing out information and I couldn't write fast enough. I'm nah, I just listened to this episode. Yeah, so and it was part of season one, episode four, still part of the Pure Evil series, mm-hmm. but it was actually first aired on December 15th, 2020. Now, we, um, yeah, it was dropped on December 15th, you said? Yeah, yeah December 15th. Now, this is a case, I remember it. I remember when it happened. I, I saw it unfold. I was in high school. Yeah, I was glad you actually did wait it for me on this one, because this was, I think this was the episode, this was the episode, yeah, yeah, right when I got back from the, the stint in the hospital, he actually saved this one for me, because he knew I really wanted to do yeah, it. Yeah, I wasn't going to do it without you. And I appreciate it. Well, go ahead, but I did want to throw that in there. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to give you a little background, because to let you know what's going on. Uh, I remember back in, uh, it was January 1974, there was a honeymoon couple came to town and they were out in New Orleans East around Michoud Boulevard and they were crossing the street, go back to the car and the girl got hit by a car and a hit and run accident. Was this our only case so killed. far with vehicular homicide? 
I think so, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I don't think we... But I'm saying we won't in the future. We probably will. We can even <laughs> do a revisit of this later. But anyway, what happened is um, there was a big old human interest story. He was on TV, boo-hoo-hoo, and I found my soulmate, and now she's gone. And everybody, This poor man lost his wife on his honeymoon. So, you know, nobody thought anything much of it, but her parents called Detective John Dillman, who was a New Orleans uh, NOPD homicide detective, and they said, our daughter did not, I noticed that wasn't an accident. This is really suspicious. So, somehow or another, he, um, he got the, he, he, so the, the, um, they, they dumped this because they thought it was a, it was right. a nuisance thing. They dumped it in his in his in his lap because he was a brand new homicide cop. So he gets money to the NOPD actually gives him money to go to the girl's funeral in New Jersey. And when he goes to the girl's funeral, he notices that her husband's not there. Ah, the clock is chiming. Witching hour. That's Patricia Giesick telling us she's glad we're talking about her. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, he thought he starts thinking that's strange. So he says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call his husband and see what's going on. So he called the husband, and the husband was ghosting him. He was just ducking him like crazy. And he saw this big fat guy dressed like a priest collecting money for prayers for the girl. So he decides he wants to dig a little deeper, but NOPD won't give him the money. So he went to his wife, and she said, "You know, the vacation we're gonna take, we were gonna take this year. Well, you taking it now to go talk, to, to to go find out more about what happened to this girl." So when he goes to Texas, he goes to um, to with Dallas. They were, were they Dallas or Houston? It's Dallas, I think. Dallas. He goes to San Dallas. Antonio was involved too, I think. Yeah, and yeah, because he had, uh, and they said, oh, she, what happened was, is Patricia, or Trish, as the people called her, she was in love with some guy in New Jersey who moved to Texas. She moved and followed him to Texas. It didn't work out. She was a girl that didn't really have what it takes. She wasn't Mary Richard. She was, she, she was supposed to be, she, she needed a husband. Well, and, then, to take and this care was of. the episode where we really, I think where we first started, we highlighted in other episodes, but it was the first episode where we really were saying like how women really did at that time need to fight for certain rights because yeah, yeah. there was so this this case showed how much society needed needed to get from that time period, sixties mm-hmm. to where we are now. Yeah, it was nineteen seventy four. So, but, but yeah, well, 73, I mean, this would have been the 60s happened. was the, the start of the women's movement, but the 70s was still part of that. So, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. so they find out that she worked in one of Sam Corey's massage parlors. He's wondering where he heard massage that. Massage parlors? Mm, so she goes, to, oh, it was. she goes work in this massage parlor, and it turns out she didn't know. What, you know remember, this is 1973. She thought she was giving massages. She didn't know it was a brothel. And when she found out what it was, she ran from the room screaming. Well, meanwhile, Sam Corey, who's the owner of it, who's also a preacher, who's also a minister, and this guy Jim Giesick, they used to get do insurance fraud. And they were planning on finding a girl to get life insurance on and murder in a hit-and-run accident. Jeez. And when they saw her, they said, she's the one. So that's what they did. They brought her to, they brought her to New Orleans. They set up her crossing the street and the husband pushed her in the path of the car. 
So both of them. Who's driving the car? Huh? Who's driving the car? The preacher, Sam Corey. So, um, you know, you, know, you can hear more detail of it if you listen to our episode. And so, um, Sam, they, they want to, they, they, they couldn't get, I'm not, well, I'm not going to go into how they found the evidence. Yeah, we have you want to hear, listen to the, listen to the episode. But he wound up, Sam Corey wound up in life in prison and he died in 1995 in natural causes. Yeah. He missed out on the death penalty. I mean, the thing about hit and runs yesterday when I was walking across Basin Street, there was a man laying in the street. The car shot stopped. I said, oh my God, this guy's dead. He's going to hit that car. The cop walks over to the train. He pops right up. I saw <laughs> yeah, that are insane around car. here. It's really disturbing. It's terrible. It's so we're gonna, I'm going to do a little different than we said we were. Before we do our top three, because all our top three are actually set in New Orleans. <gasps> and our top all four. Very high. Well, our top four. But our top three are all our top three. Before I get into those, I do want to do our honorable mentions because I really want to put a focus on the top three being very high, extremely high profile. Right, right. In New Orleans. So, some of the honorable mentions that we had over the year and the importance when we reach when we talk about them because our views was, first off, was under our personal uh, paranormal encounters we had Ghost Cab and Buddy's Chest, which was a really wonderful episode where it's kind of our episode we really got to know us and why, yeah, how we yeah, were connected. Yeah, and it's things that happened our personal stuff. To the paranormal and to what was going on, and that we always believe there are things that are unseen that are out there, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was. It's a nice episode, and I actually will say, if you haven't heard Buddy's Chest, the Buddy's Chest is actually still with me in this house that we're recording from right now. You know, it's ironic, you know, with the ghost cab thing. When we went Walgreens today, I saw a cab from that same company. Yeah, you were yeah. <laughs> So these listen to the episode. So yeah, yeah. So this is still these these things are still with us. Um, either memory by memory, or and I'm by wondering, I'm like, hmm, I wonder. That's my first thing I thought because that's a really weird looking cab too. It wasn't even the regular. I think, but not realizing, I think that's a good. I think that's a good thing that popped up at the Walgreens. Thing. Yeah, I, I wonder if he's letting us know. Hey, I'm still here. <laughs> The other honorable mention is the Willowbrook and Cropsey episode, which was part of our Insane Asylums. That's that's crazy, our Insane mm-hmm. Asylum series. And also the reason we decided to do that is not just because of all the insanity I went through in the Insane Asylum, mm-hmm. but also to highlight HS Asylum, the actual, what was the roots. This is the root story. Willowbrook was the root. So that was actually, those were really worth it to actually put a mention here in both of them. Yes. But let's get to our top. Oh, we get now we're getting somewhere. This is well worth waiting for. Oh, yeah. And, and especially at number three, we have Zachary Bowen and Addie Hall in American Tragedy. It was season two, episode six, part of the Love Hurt series, and originally aired on March 2nd, 2021. However, at that time when we aired this, we did not have our wonderful co-host here, Michael Bill, yeah. who actually works in the building where the murder happened. So okay. he can highlight a little bit of the paranormal part of it for you that did not show up in the episode mm-hmm. that we didn't get to mention. He can give you some first-hand. So account. should we give a little quick background on the case? Which one of y'all want? Which one of us should do that? Well, we don't. I mean, the background they can go look at the episode, but what we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna let Michael Bill because we want you to go listen to the episode. We have we went. But we gotta let them. Is there anybody who hasn't heard the episode, this is the case. If you want to do a brief, you can tell them. Very this brief. is a case where the boyfriend and girlfriend got into a fight, and he killed her, and he wound up 
dismembering her and cooking her in the pot, and then a few. He lived with the body for a few days. Yada yada yada. All and then that. committed suicide. And then committed the suicide Omni by jumping off, off the Omni Royal Orleans Hotel in the French Quarter. So we have some better stuff, though. Yeah. Um. So when I first started working there, um, I did the ghost hunts on the weekends. And um, at first, I didn't think, you know, people say places are haunted. And just because someone dies tragically doesn't mean that that place is going to be haunted. The first night, the very first night I ever did a ghost hunt there, I had a spirit box that was scanning the internet radio, the entire band of the internet radio. I heard them say, Michael. And I was like, what? <laughs> How many spirits are Four, eight, nine. They started coming into the room. And I'll post this on the website so you can actually hear the spirit box session. And then we had the EMTs with these just couple that was like, How else is here? And we heard, We are, help me, Zach, Zach, Zach. And when I heard that, I just, 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 just something's going on. I have EVPs, I have all kinds of stuff with him saying his name. We had we had people use the SLS camera, you'll see a small figure and a really tall figure, you know, and it's like, mm, and He was really tall and she was really, really small. Tr- yeah, he was six foot eight. I think and she, she was, was very, very five petite. foot nothing. Was there anything intriguing from your um, paranormal encounter? Any information you gained that might, well, might not I know? Did or, not, I did or learn that spirits, that spirits are not bound to their locations. Uh, he is actually seeing they can they can bi-locate, but they can also go to another location. For example, people have seen him the figure falling off the back of the roof of the Omni Royal. And I think he goes there to kind of torture himself because of what he did. He was obviously he was sorry for it. People don't kill themselves or not, but he went just a little over the top. But everyone after Katrina had like Katrina crazy, you know, that PTSD oh, yeah. and, and people were drinking and using drugs and taking pills and I think that what really killed them was both was drugs and alcohol, you know, and the storm named Katrina. We do consider them the last three victims of Katrina, and, and Addie Hall was such a beautiful person. She really was, and she wanted to be known as a dancer and a, you know, and an actress. Yeah, she did have a dark side. She, but, I mean, everyone does. But I think she, um, I, we do a memorial for her on the 5th and for him on the 17th. And after I did his second one on the 17th by myself, I go home, I turn on my own spirit box, and I hear Zach, 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 honor, 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 and then I hear, I took, I took, and I took my life for the life I took was in his suicide. Yeah, it was in suicide. So I was like, yeah. Get back to the museum, get the hell out of my house. But I mean, it's a sad, sad. Oh, so this thing. was at your apartment? That was at my apartment. Oh, so yeah. he's been following you a little bit. Right, exactly. You know, but I, I just feel so bad for his family. I mean, his family and her family, too, because mm-hmm. they had to lose their children. And they were a beautiful, beautiful group of people. Those two were just really mm-hmm. cute. They looked like an odd couple. But, you know, there's a lot of Yeah, but you know, you get, you there. get, there was a lot of mental illness there. There was, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. she's bipolar. She well, he was in two parts of Iraq. He all the PTSD. And you throw all that in, and you throw in cocaine and alcohol, and you got a hot mess. You do have a hot I mean, mess. This, this, in this episode, I mean, I really wish we would have actually, had, but, you know, it, Michael Bill showed up when, when he was supposed to. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I wish really, he would have been here for this. It really would have, of all the ones, I wish we really would have had him here for this. But that's okay, we have this moment now to have him here. But I remember when we did this episode, compared to any of the other episodes, it was just, we... At some level, I mean, Barry a lot more than I, but um, there were there were personal encounters with these people before mm. they passed. We knew some of the backstory of 
of and we knew some of the framework around all this because we were local, you right, know. Right. And so this this was probably of all the episodes, even now, this became even kind of personal without really being personal. Did become personal. It's because they were they were New Orleanians, you know. Yeah. I mean, they were they were t- you know tight in the community. I remember seeing these two. Walking up and down the streets, you know, I mean, in the bars, you know, and people told me that they would pass love notes back and forth at the bar, you know, that they Well, that's what they used to do. They used to pass notes when they were working together. They'd leave notes in the register, Mm -hmm. in the cash register. I mean, you know, so they were, they were, they were, uh, they were in love, but it's just Storm and Katrina is what killed them, and drugs and alcohol, so stay away from drugs and alcohol, get some mental health, and we had no mental health facilities here in the parish at all. But I also remembered back then it was really, really difficult, because, and we still, like you said, we're still struggling now to get proper mental health for everyone, but back then was really bad. Well, I know that I went to New Jersey after the storm. Uh-huh. And then when I came back a year and a half later, I was fine when I was in New Jersey. I was the rest of the country watching what was going right. on. I had dealt with it. I was in the Superdome and everything. Oh, Lord. But when I came back and I got the DVD of when the levees broke, uh-huh. that sparked something really horrible, something really dark inside of me. And I remember when I'd see the scenes of the Superdome, I could t- smell the smells. Yeah, and it, it, and I got to the point I went into such a deep post traumatic stress depression that I was afraid to leave the house, and I lived on uh, Dauphine and I needed something because it was something I wanted to eat and I didn't have anything to eat in the house. There was a corner store. Now usually when you gotta go to the corner store to grab something to eat to grab some bread and bologna, it's just boom boom boom. I went there and I was like looking around and paranoid and frightened. And every day around 3 o'clock in the morning, for some reason, I would get frightened. And um, it was just really, really horrible and awful. And uh, then I wound up going, I wound up going, this was before the uh, ACA, where we had access to health insurance now. We had no access to health insurance. I wound up having to go to the doctors as a charity. But I was on Zoloft for six years. Wow. Six years. Before I got out of there. I think there are people still out there that are dealing with the storm. I, I still, the, the, the main thing to this day is if I'm at home in the summertime and the electricity goes out, I have to leave. Well, yeah. and then I it, can't stay there. And, there, and, it, and I know we're talking about this right now, but this year really did jog that PTSD. Well, this I, is one of the reasons why I had to evacuate. Yeah. I had to go somewhere. I could not be in the city during a storm. And and I learned a hard lesson because I actually did stay for Ida, but I got out after Ida, and I had stayed for Katrina, and I got out after Katrina. Yeah, but I will say this much. I was a lot younger during Katrina. Yeah. My body was not kind, and I'm so glad I got out when I did. Yeah. I was going, my body was going into shock pretty quickly past Ida this past year. So... I just want people to well, realize it's happened, and that's why I, I, I know I, some I some of y'all are not from this area. You're not from the Gulf Coast, or you're not in an area that has hurricanes. But do realize, especially since we're talking about this past year, it um, if we seemed like we were gone for a good month or while, we needed the time. Like it was a lot to get ourselves you know back. What I learned, the thing I learned this about years over with. The thing I learned from Katrina, which really, which really disturbs me. And, and either too is the lack of empathy people have for victims of such things. 
Because I remember people telling me after Katrina, well, you're living below sea level, you got what you deserved. Or you didn't leave, you got what you deserved. I even had a person who's near and dear to me tell me that my Katrina experience was self-inflicted because I didn't leave. But you did leave. But I, well, I did for, for Ida. So for I, Ida, I left, and I was broken, and I have people tell me, oh, well, you know, you left. That's why. You spent all your money leaving. You should have stayed. I'm like... The same people that would tell me. I was in the hospital. And that's one thing i got to say is I think if we had Zachary and Addy, if this were what we were talking about, say it wasn't Katrina, it was Ida, and it was 2021, like if you moved it right. up. I don't, I don't know if she, I don't even know if either one of them would be dead because honestly, 2021 is a very different year this is from the, what 2025. Ida was much different than Katrina, though. Well, I mean. No, Ida was pretty, actually it was pretty similar. It hit, it was similar in size and strength. Still, actually, the winds we were had actually the attitude, the attitude yeah. towards but what I'm, the point I'm making have, is the attitude towards mental health. Though. Yeah. We have better. We have better. Uh, it, I mean, it was either was what Katrina should have been. We should have left and went somewhere and came home. Also, and, you know, um, some of the other things might that were brought up in this case, things had changed. 2005. If if he were per se bisexual a lot easier in 2021 so it's so yeah. it's so weird looking like, as we're talking about the Zachary and Addy episode and now we're taking a real look at it I'm just thinking wow times change huh? times change like taking a revisit at this episode I'm like wow you know well you see with, with uh, people like um, a lot of the young people today I don't, I don't know if there's really I, I mean I might get flack from this from some people but I don't know if there's really a such thing as anybody who's totally straight or totally gay. I think every oh the Kinsey scale. <laughs> I think there's a Kinsey scale. I think that um, there are a lot of young guys now that aren't afraid of their feminine side. That's where the bromances and all right. come in. But I don't even think that's feminine side because you got to be careful with that. You know, you're talking about would be and then the gender and what's orientation. I think we're the gay for pay stuff. You know, I mean, come on now. That must pay me a damn dime. <laughs> no, no, but there are people out there. Who do yeah, that. of course. I know none of those ended up in there, but while we're talking about it, I did have to admit though one of my favorite series this year was when we explored all the sexual stuff. That was quite fun, and I'm sure in the new year. We'll oh yeah, my boss Fernando. Let's shout out to him. Hey Fernando. Hey Fernando. Hey Fernando. He loved the future of the sex industry. Well, of course, I mean he loved our whole prostitute that whole thing. <laughs> The man runs a smut shop, so you know that's <laughs> interesting. I do want to say before we close this one out um, that um, inside the inside the apartment, inside the museum uh, of Ron Rampart Street, we have all these altars set up, and people leave money, and we gather all that money up at the end of the, each month, and we get, donate it to the battered women shelter in her name. You know, it's, oh, wonderful! It's not, it's, oh, not just, it's a spiritual sanctuary for these spirits, and. One day they'll cross over and they won't be here anymore. So I'd like to visit it. Spirits I didn't know y'all tend... did that. I, I, that's oh, wonderful. Yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd like to visit, but the only thing that scares me is that spirits tend to attach themselves. Yeah, but they're not going to go. I mean, you know, they live in downtown. Yeah. <laughs> I've told you a long... They may want to visit old Chili Gentilly one day. Well, I told you. For a visit. Spirits are going to stay here in New Orleans even if we go underwater eventually. <laughs> that's because, true. Because the prop thing is... 
New Orleans is all about water energy and water holds soul and, and psychological too. energy. And that river flows and, and that lake is out there in the swamps and the Gulf. Yeah. So you're never going to get away from spiritual energy in New Orleans. It'll always it. be here. Okay. If you can't handle it, don't visit. <laughs> I guess it's time to move on to our next one. Still in New Orleans. Yeah, like I said, all the top three are in New Orleans. Number two is Killer Cop. Antoinette Frank. It was season one, episode five. Still part of the Pure Evil series. And it originally uh, was uh, released, aired on December 23rd, 2020. Right before Christmas right last before, year. Right before Christmas time. I remember that one mainly because you remember I was having that stomach problem. Oh, yeah. And I thought I had gallstones and I went to the ER and they couldn't find anything wrong with my digestive system. Everything was working. Yeah, because you were acting just like whenever I had, like a few years before, whenever I had my uh, gallbladder removed, I had to have it removed, you were acting like the same way. Like Yeah, and I haven't had anything. I mean, I've gotten stomach cramps already, but it's usually something minor, you know? But anyway, let's talk about the case. This is a case of Antoinette Frank, mm-hmm. the killer cop. Uh, killer cop. Antoinette Frank was a New Orleans police officer who also worked doing security duty for a Vietnamese restaurant in New Orleans East. Well, she took up with this guy, uh, Rogers. What was Rogers' last name? Rizard. Um, no, 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 no. Um, Why are you doing my brain? My poor brain. My brain is not doing it. And uh, she uh, she took up with this guy. His first name was Rogers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, he he she got all obsessed with him, and. Uh, But yeah, and just, yeah. But just while you're trying to find, it was yeah. a crime of. It was also it was largest cast, largest cast. Yeah, but it was a crime. It was a crime of opportunity, just sim- similar also to unholy matrimony. Yeah, it was both crimes of and opportunity. So they both happened in. Uh, they both occurred in New Orleans East too. Yeah. Now, that's when that went to the um, to the restaurant, and her friend, another cop, her friend was was on that duty that night. And robbed the place and killed two children, two, two teenage boys, mm-hmm. and her friend. And then she tried to um, to pretend that she was a cop on, when it, when they get called in. She arrives first before anybody else, of course, scaring the poor one of the girls hid in the freezer. And when she came out, she had so much stress. That she lost her English. She could only speak Vietnamese. Mm. Yeah, so so she wound up getting the death penalty. Yeah, I remember this this episode really highlighted two big things, Frank. It showed how far we still have to go and that we have come on how we assess police officers, you know, psychologically, uh-huh. whether they should be, you know, on the force or not. Yeah. And the second thing was is it really was the first time where we really showed that it hasn't always been easy for the Vietnamese community in New Orleans, but they have become such an integral part they of are, New Orleans. They sure are. And they're they're such a part now of not not just of just to say it's part of New Orleans, but the heart and soul of New Orleans. Well and they were, they're, they were they're hard workers. Yeah they are, they sure are. They're not they don't they they never they resisted any government assistance. I think they took the initial assistance, like to get a house and everything, 
and that was it. But even more than that, it's like now we see the Vietnamese community. There's just they have such a love of New Orleans. Like yeah. they a lot for for many of them, this is their home. And it wasn't it wasn't just about like oh the USA is my home or I'm American. It was became the specter I'm New Orleanian and I got something to contribute. And New Orleans has really embraced. So this really looking back in the '90s was a really sad case because sitting here in the in the 2020s. It's like wow, you know, I can't, I I can't imagine that quarter grocery. Yeah. The Vietnamese yeah. community not being part of, yeah, I mean they're part of so much of our city. Anywhere you go, I mean, and and, and I know we're saying Vietnamese Asians as as a whole community, yes. But the reason we say Vietnamese is because it's so important. Because if you know anything about the Vietnam War. They were trying, this is one of the areas where climate-wise and cuisine-wise, they were able to come in and make a living because they could relate right. back to their home when they couldn't be in their homeland. And for them to use this area and to become such a part of the community, it, it really, and I had to mention, I mentioned it on the episode and I mentioned it now, it really, this case disturbed me on that, that, Back then in the '90s, we really weren't there yet with the with, well, with the Vietnamese like the Early '90s, we weren't respecting them like we do now. I was driving the cabin. I lived uptown, right around you know where um, the um, Army Corps of Engineers is, that uh-huh. area close to Audubon Zoo and all that. And there was this little store as you, as, as the river road turned into magazine and, and went towards the zoo. There was this little little store. It was run by this nice Vietnamese man. I used to stop in there and get something to drink all the time. The man had he had escaped the Viet Cong and he went through all this in Vietnam. He used to tell everybody about it. And then one night, some fool comes in there and robs him and shoots him dead. And I'm thinking this man goes through all that. He's finally living, the, you know, the American dream. He's and then he comes here and becomes a victim of a senseless crime. After he survived all that war and everything, yeah, uh, just ask those all over me. <sighs> I think the the food there is great because uh, Miss Kim, she really her name is Kim, but we call her Miss Kim for the quarter grocery. I know you're saying I go there. Good. I get stuff. They they have great everything they cook there is great, and they're really nice people. And that the Vietnamese here in town are just just really genuine. Genuinely nice, and her, I guess it's her son. He's uh, works behind the register. He's always like, "How are you doing?" If you need someone to talk, I mean, it's just salt of the earth type people. So I actually do. You bring a point. I actually encourage people when they come to visit New Orleans because it's a lot easier now than say it was 20, 30 yeah. years ago. You can find Vietnamese restaurants. We have some of the best yes. Vietnamese food in the country. Here, uh, also now it's a little out the way, but if you want to look it up, look up Dong. I'm saying it right, Dongfeng Bakery. Dongfeng Bakery, yeah. In the, out in the east. Oh my Deep goodness! East. I have never gotten one of their king cakes. I Actually, hear it was th- it's so around, hard to get a hold. I want one of their king cakes so bad. The unholy matrimony murder happened not far from there. No, no yeah, not mm. far. From there. But let me tell you, their king cakes always are selling out. It's like insanity. But I've had some of their other treats. I've actually had uh, different things from the bakery out there. It's amazing. Uh, but there's all there's a whole bunch of Vietnamese restaurants all over the city, all in the suburbs. And if you come to visit, do not think, oh, I don't want to try that. That's not really new. No, it is New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Vietnamese mm-hmm. restaurants in New Orleans are New Orleans food. 
And so I just wanted to kind of put that out there for those that come to visit. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the Antoinette Frank episode? No, I just want to tell everybody to go listen to it because I don't want to give away too much of the details. Yes, yes. All right, so where are we at with the crown jewel? Number one. Yes, the crown jewel number one is Madame LaLaurie uh, in a House of Horrors. Oh, my it God. Was that season, is season one, episode two. It started off the Pure Evil series on December 2nd, 2020. It was our yeah. first big, huge episode. Now, American did. Horror Story fans will know of this woman because she was played by Kathy Bates in American Horror Story Coven season. And I got broke. I'm sorry, Philip. I'm going to burst some Ryan. Ryan, uh, what's his name? Uh, Murphy's Bubble. I'm going to burst some Ryan Murphy's Bubble right now. Do it. She didn't look anything like Kathy Bates. <laughs> no. Everyone not at said all. that. Everyone said that. And she didn't know Marie Laveau. And Marie Laveau never would have had a slave as a, as a lover because she was a free woman of color. And this isn't, this, this, I'm talking way, way back. I'm not talking about race. But I got to give Angela Bassett credit. Her accent would have been closer than <laughs> Kathy Bates would have been. For now, Kathy, and she did not have that <laughs> accent. No, both of, them were, both of them spoke French. No, no, but that's what I said. I think Angela Bassett's accent she was using was a little closer well, to used, the character. She used the Stella got her groove accent. Oh, later. No, but I'm talking about when they do the old, the uh, one that's like in the past. She at least used. No, no, oh, she, she had the French. Oh no, she updated. Her, no, she updated her accent as she got to. The but room. no, she would not have been calling uh, black folks darkies. And no, talk, she wouldn't have been talking about the president because she didn't live really live. She, she was a Creole. Yeah. That's, yeah, Irish Creole. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so there was two different sectors. And she wouldn't have, people wouldn't she have wouldn't worried about whether it was a black president or not. Now, the house that's down there now, the three-story house, is not original. No, because it This burned. is what it looked like back in the day. Yeah. See, there's no third floor. Mm-hmm. And it, the sign up there is Italian. I like, you got, tell me um, you've seen the haunted bar for five cents. Post that on the Facebook page. Okay, I will. There's, I mean, I have like some interior shots of uh, of the building, and and this is uh, let's see. The owner, current owner, always does this animatronic. The animatronic, hilarious. Now, but, also, uh, who was the big old celebrity that owned that house? Nicholas Cage. Uh, Nicholas Cage used to own it. He said he stayed there only three nights when he went up to where the enslaved people were tortured, a dark apparition appeared, and blood spread across the feet and had hot hair and ever, oh, never to return. Say that. But, well, yeah, and then his career kind of went. Yeah, well, it was actually his cousin screwed up on the taxes. And they, yeah, that's what I said. The IRS took it over. Now, he has a chance. That's why he had to do bad lieutenant. He has a tomb in there in St. Louis Number 1. And I was told that he had to have that tomb as close to Marina Vaux's tomb as possible to ward off the curse of Delphi Malerie. Because ever since he had owned that home, he has never made that. I was with the lipstick prints on his Oh, he wants to blame the house for his career? Yeah. The only thing that's in that tomb is his career. Please. I don't blame the house. I blame poor choices. Exactly. Let's call it what it is. um, The guy who owns it now, they have, like, the other night I was out there, they had that whole thing lit up outside, like, with these LED lights. And it's really kind of cool, you know, except when it turns red, it's like blood running down the walls. So, if you get to New Orleans, Go down to the Lawler Mansion, 1140. Well, you know, while I was doing tours, 
we used to take pictures and we got some orbs and we got the orb of the girl jumping. So there must be some truth to that story. Well, I mean, I was uh, now Carolyn Marlon wrote the wrote the historic book on this woman. Yeah, life. I read that book. Yeah. yeah, actually, I was at the uh, the library in the Bywater when she she was doing that. Like, like, yeah, lecture, yeah. So she she's really good. She I just came back from the lecture that she did uh, about that book as well, and Carolyn was just amazing. It's called the Mistress. Let's see, I want to make sure I have it right. But, I know there's one called Mad Madame Lalore, but I don't think that's I don't think that one's that was nice. I mean, Catherine's like she <laughs> she gets into like, I mean all the documents and stuff like that. So um let's see if I got it here somewhere. But um that story is told so many different ways and so much bullshit has gone on. I know, it's it's really hard to to wade to, through it all. Wait, I mean, one of my former employers who I've decided is gonna be nameless, I'm not gonna mention her anymore. You ought to see the weird stories she gets. She has them. She has Lalore coming out of the um, out of the gate with a horse trampling all the people and everything. Oh please! Oh my God! Well, it, okay, I got it. Right over. My thing with the house, and maybe you can back this up, Michael Bill. One of my things, just since you're finally here, I get to kind of talk about this. We did. We kind of mentioned, I think, on the episode, possibly. I can't. I have to go back and listen to see if we did. I but my issue with the Lalore Mansion with as far as hauntings and all this stuff is, is you have so much imprinted energy by people's belief, their, I, their own personal psychic energies, that I think it's really hard to know if there's anything really left that's actually real, real to the ghosts. I don't think the slave, enslaved people were the haunt of that place. I mean, we know that spirits find themselves to the earth. I mean, I, I think... I hope that God would take them off to heaven or somewhere. I would, I would get the hell out of there if I was. So there. people hate me saying that, but do you agree with what I'm saying? That all I, these people when they go and they're believing, oh, this happened, this happened, they're throwing that energy. Sure, on the house. sure. I don't think the house is really haunted. Like it, really, I think it's been one time, but I've never seen one bit of evidence that I believe. Which imprinted energy can act sort of minorly, kind of like poltergeist, because that's kind of what it is. Yeah. So this is Carolyn's book is Madame Lalaurie. Um, Mistress of the Haunted House is an excellent book. It tells you facts, and uh, she debunks a whole bunch of stuff. But it's a really good book. And the place is weird. It's just generally weird. Uh, people have, like you said, they put so much energy onto it. We could do a bonus episode, maybe, and have her on. That would be great. Carolyn's awesome. She's yeah, really awesome. So anyway, that's it, huh? That is our top 10. So, listen, we have been a year. We have done This it. is definitely a year. And look for next year. We're going to fit. We still going to finish out. We do want to apologize that we did not on time because we had so many things come up this past Yeah, we had a little hiatus. Month. But we will. We do have a couple more episodes we want to add to our Vampire's Delight uh, series. So, we mm, have that coming to you. Bloodsuckers. Um, we have a little bit more with that. And no, that's a, this is just the first time we'll visit vampires. Trust me, we will visit vampires again. Expect in the new year. I just want to mention some of the things to kind of tease. I'm not going to tell you exactly when yet, but uh, which month or which series it'll be. But I will let you know that we, which some of the series will be. We're going to look at. We're going to explore cults at one part. We're going to explore werewolves. Oh, we're also going to look finally look at huge estates and mansions and what what uh, paranormal happenings could be. Winchester. We do that. That will be part of that series. Uh, we will look specifically at the psychic part uh, role in uh, paranormal work, and uh, we'll look at uh, sort of the culture around that. 
we have definitely we're going to bring bringing a lot more true crime and murders. We're actually thinking um, we're, we haven't decided yet on our new year, but what we're thinking is we will have where um, in the new year we're going to kind of freak you out about whether or not you should be getting online and meeting people. Mm. We're going to explore crimes in that arena. And we have, we have we have one episode we're going to have that's going to show how a bunch of webs a bunch of web sleuths wound up bringing down a crazed maniac murderer. Wow. Yeah, and that's part of that that same series. That's the one you're talking All about. All starting with cats. All with cats, yeah. Now and forever. Remember, don't fuck with cats. Don't fuck with cats. <laughs> anyway, and so, we're going to do another, we'll, have, we, we'll be dropping another episode this week, too. But until then, enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. I don't know. Uh, we want to fall out the window. All of them. <laughs> Unless you're anywhere in our top ten. Gertrude Bancheski can go right I'm out there. on down. Uh, Answer my friend can go. LaLaurie can go. Any killers in our top and ten. Al- uh, yeah, Christopher Watts. Yeah, Christopher Watts definitely can go. He can go. <laughs> <laughs> Any of them. All right, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.